Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Escape your everyday life and experience the world through the lens of June Parker and search for hidden clues and uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Where will each new chapter take you? Days are long and life is hectic. There's nothing more relaxing than shutting off my brain and playing a round of June's journey. I will take it all. The glamorous culture of the 1920s, scandalous family secrets, and explore and even build my own vivid sceneries. I love to let my imagination run wild when decorating my island estate. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you live in Des Moines, Iowa? If you do, I'm at the Funny Bone right now. As you're listening to this, I'm at the Funny Bone January 16th, 17th, and 18th. I would love to see you. One show Thursday, one Friday, two Saturday. Then Saturday, January 25th, I head to the Tooth and Nail Winery in Paso Robles, California. This is going to be a fun show at the winery. One show with Alex Kahn. He's coming along with me. We're going to have a blast. Get your tickets. Tooth and Nail Winery. Lights out with David Spade. Back on January 27th. Very excited to see my old friends back at the lights out and then here it is everybody sacramento california so many people have asked me to come to sacramento here's the best i can do for you i have a thursday night march 12th one show at the sophia theater in sacramento california s o f i a sophia yes that's true i'm playing a theater called the sophia in uh, sacramento california on Thursday night, March 12th, go to sophiatheater.com or whatever and buy tickets, please, because you asked me to come, I, I am. Don't give me, it's a Thursday, I can't make it. It's a Thursday, deal with it. There we are. It's time for another episode of Cover to Cover. Everyone, welcome back. This is exciting. I mean, we we haven't been back since this whole Meghan Markle Prince Harry thing has has broken. It's unbelievable, and it just it gets crazier and crazier by the day. Uh, I, I just keep reading more and more about how this is just ruining England and and the royal family, and and now I'm reading that. You know, Queen Elizabeth went uh, went to church to pray on on what's going to happen with the two of you. Are you familiar with this, Alex? Are you familiar yeah. With the Meghan Markle and and Prince Harry have decided to to no longer deal with their 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 duties as royal duties. They said we're gonna we're gonna step back a bit from our royal duties. They have a son, and they want to. I don't think they want to live that lifestyle anymore. They said we're gonna step back. This sent, I guess, the royal family into an absolute uproar. They can't. You can't do that. 
It's not something you can do. You can't not go home for Christmas when you're the royal family. Right. Well, apparently that's where it began. I guess they had left for Christmas. They had come to America here and some and Canada. She has friends in Canada, I think, from filming that show Suits. Now, I just want to say that I've been saying on this podcast and on uh, some other podcasts since the beginning when this began, I've been saying that Meghan Markle is going to regret this lifestyle. And everyone's like, you're crazy. She's a princess. What a wonderful place to be and live. It's, I knew it wasn't. I said, it's gonna, you think it's great, but then once you're in it, you know, you every now and again, this, I see this Meghan Markle the way she used to be. She used to run around in like white gap button up shirts and, and, and boyfriend jeans. That was her look. She was, you know, cute g- girl in boyfriend jeans. Now she's got to wear, you know, you got to wear princess attire. You got to wear princess attire. You got to wear leggings, stockings, like thick stockings with hats all the time, weird hats they put her on. And you have to. It's just you you can't be seen otherwise. And then, of course, you know, you have the the press that that apparently in, in, in Britain is absolutely ruthless. I mean, they have a lot of like tabloid journalism and they come out and say horrible things about her because she's, you know, they, they're flat out racist. They use the N word and things like that. So eventually... I guess that becomes a little much. She doesn't want to see, you know, she doesn't want her kid to see this stuff. Harry's probably like, I'm done with this too, man. Like I'm, this is not what I want. So anyway, they said, I'm out. I'm, I'm, they're going to become financially independent uh, here, whether it be America. I don't know if they're going to decide to, I believe they're going to live here right here in Los Angeles. That's what I think. Eventually people saying Canada, but I don't know why you would want to do that to yourself. And, uh, and, and so this is it. And, I don't know if he'll regret it or she'll regret it, but I don't know. This guy, this guy, Harry spends, I don't know, three days on the 405 at five o'clock in the afternoon. He'll probably be like, what was I thinking? Like, this is, you know, it's great on paper. You know, he, if he sees a couple of movies about Los Angeles, he's probably thinking, oh, that looks great. I'd love to live there. My girl, my wife is from there, Megan Markle and friend, friend of mine. See that now I'm coming at this. A lot of you guys are getting this from a personal you're going to hear a lot of people giving their opinions on this story. Not one of them has worked with Meghan Markle. I have. I'm giving you a very personal one-on-one opinion because Meghan Markle is a dear friend, a dear friend. I'm excited about rekindling our friendship when she comes back to Los Angeles, honestly. I hope we can rekindle what we once had working as a uh, as a waiter, bartender, and a hostess at a restaurant on Sunset Boulevard you know, 18 years ago. I hear that's how she's going to find financial independence, actually. It's coming back to yeah. the, yeah. Service well, I mean, industry. hey, listen, I might have to go back with her, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, you know, and, and then of course, everybody is painting her to be the bad person in this. And I don't know if it is or if she is or she isn't, but I don't know. She, she seemed like a wonderful person before she went into this royal family. She just was like a, you know, a half-assed actress in some shitty TV shows. And, and Suits was a work of art. Was it? I, you know, honestly, you know, you know, my, my mother liked it. Jerry Frangiola enjoyed the Suits. I never really watched it, but I know she was, you know, she looked good on it and she was, I guess it was fine. I don't know anything about Suits, but she was also in some other, she was a suitcase girl on, on Deal or No Deal. And, you know, oh, she was really? doing, yeah, she was doing like everything that everyone does to make it in this business. Um, 
not you know nothing great. She wasn't killing it, but she's probably doing fine. She has some pretty high high fancy falutin friends in Canada. But then she would go and just do like a lot of charity work. Even before she met Harry, she was in Africa and she was very uh, you know philanthropic and out there doing a lot of work. So I don't think she's the monster that they're making her out to be in the British tabloids or even even in American tabloids, but. That's just the way they do it there. You know, they did it with everybody who's married in. They did it with Princess Di. They did it with Fergie. They did it with, they do it with everybody. They did it with- What did Fergie do? Not Fergie from Black Eyed Peas. No, not at all. No, it's another. She married- She's royal? No, she married Princess Andrew, who's got himself in his own, he's got his own problems with this, you know, this whole pedophile island thing. Yeah, Yeah, with the Jeffrey Epstein. So right now, it's just a lot coming down on on the uh, royal royal family. So that's- probably, that's probably why he's leaving. Even, right as you just see the writing on the wall you're like man this pedophile stuff is there's a, honestly i don't you know it's so i know many people have made this this observation but what did they do in any way what did, what did they do like and i'm i'm sure they have a lot going on but they're really they're, they're a really, symbol they're exactly yeah. so they really don't have any any I mean, Parliament although, makes all the rules. Although, I mean, them. you cannot turn on a, t- a TV show now, uh, whether it be the the, the new nightly news or Today Show or Good Morning CBS or any of those shows without this being the top story on where they're going. And I think this Meghan Markle thought this was going to relieve some of the hype about, around them. She'd be like, oh, we'll get out of the royal family and go live normal lives. But that... No. It's going to be 10 times worse now. Yeah, people just people gonna are going to blame her. For, yeah. Which he's probably, I mean, he's probably wanted to get out of this lifestyle for a while anyway, too. You know, I, I mean, mean, I kind of feel a little bad that the Princess, Prince William did an interview yesterday or something. And he said that he feel, you know, he's going to miss his brother. And he said, I was always there to put my arm around my brother. And now I'm not. And, you know, that was sad. Said here that, but it's not like they're going, he, it's not six like they're hour, six hour flight away. Him, yeah, yeah, like it'll be fine. Everybody, but apparently, from what I've heard, is, is some people are concerned. Uh, close pals of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex predict the embattled couple will give an explosive interview, branding the royal family racist and sexist to justify them distancing themselves. So that's their concern. That concern, according to you know, there's always insiders, whatever the hell that means. These people say um, the it, royal insider says because nobody nobody ever speaks. The real royal family, they never speak. You never hear Queen Elizabeth ever ever say a word. So there's always weird insiders, whatever, which are bullshit. Some guy standing outside Buckingham Palace. He's the insider. Some effeminate English guy who, you know, pipes up on the Today Show every now and again. And, and Meghan Markle left for this. You know, who's upset is that sister and Meghan Markle's sister. The Her one sister? Yeah, she's a, she's a half sister in a wheelchair. And she's always bitching about something that she doesn't get invited to the wedding. And now she's bitching that... Uh, First of all, she was mad that Meghan Markle got into the royal family. Now she's mad that she's leaving the royal family. She lives out in the woods and somewhere in the Midwest. And, and she makes these, you know. Jealous sister. Yeah, she's excited about it. She was excited to go to the wedding, wasn't invited, like, but still went anyway, like sat, sat, sat outside in her, in her wheelchair waiting to get invited in. Well, we were talking. We were talking about like, what do they actually do? I feel like they're just like old, like the UK's like old money Kardashians. Like that's more or less. Yeah, more like or they're less just what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But imagine if our Kardashian, our Kardashians were like acted as royal as the like. It's almost. I like, mean, I guess in a way, it's pretentious. W- yeah. What if the Kardashians said we're leaving America and we're going to go to England? And would we be this upset? I can't believe people are like. I see 
American people being upset about this. And I listen. I'm. I'm. It's fun I never to read. understood it's, that. It's fun to read about, and I'm. I'm as caught up as, as anyone is, and it's fun. It's a fun little thing to talk about. But I mean, in the end, who really cares what they do? They're two grown adults, and by grown adults, I mean they're real. You know, they're in there. They're pushing almost forty. Yeah, I believe they're raising children. Yeah, yeah, and they could do whatever the fuck they want. Like it's I kind of actually the weird part of it is that they still live. Under that rule, that's yeah. the strange thing. Never moved out. Yeah, like you leave your. What are you doing there? Get out of there. Anyway, I think it's uh, so. That now they say that they might, you know, of course it might be um, racist and sexist, which, uh, yeah, of course it is. I mean, I would imagine. So maybe I don't know if during well, like a barbecue or something. They said some horrible things to Megan, you know, because these people don't know any better. They're surrounded. They're on the royal family their entire lives. They don't know. You know the social norm. No one's so, ever told them, "Hey, you can't." No. You so can't here comes. Say so here comes Meghan Markle into. You know, she's coming from the real world. Worked with me. Forgot. That's how real it was. And now she's. She used to do the Des Moines Funny Bone, or she's not going. I um, I don't know. She now she's free to do whatever she wants. Yeah, she, she might very well be into Des Moines Funny Bone. I hope she does come to be great to see her. <laughs> anyway, so so here here's here here comes Meghan Markle from the real world into like I don't know. A backyard tea party, whatever they have there, and, you know. And, the, <laughs> and Queen Elizabeth says something, you know, like, "I'm sorry, Megan, we we didn't bring any watermelon for you." And she's like, "Oh, well, wait," but she doesn't know any better, you know. They she, hand her she the goes, tea cup. Yeah, she goes, "This is just what we've heard about. You know, you like fried chicken and watermelon." She's like, "Well, not necessarily, so you can't really say that." But they don't know any better, so maybe they're saying things like this. This Prince, you know, Philip, the hu- the husband. He's a hundred himself. Apparently, they say, according to this article I'm reading, he was very upset. And they used the term spitting blood. That must be an English term for very upset. But this guy's a hundred. He probably literally, he's actually spitting blood, he's probably. Coughing, coughing yeah, blood. Right. So they say he's spitting blood when he was told about Megxit, which that's what they're calling it now. Megxit. Megxit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's, they believe, so, so I, when I read about this racist and sexist thing, it, it brought me up, uh, it brought up a, a, a memory of mine from uh, from my youth. And uh, racism and sexism is a big problem in this world, probably bigger than ever. I know a lot of times we say that it's been cured because, um, you know, we elected Barack Obama. Well, and relative the, to, you know. So, it, yeah. And, yeah. And, and in other countries, it, you know, it's probably far worse than it is here. Not that we're great here. Whatever. Everybody's got a little racism in them. They ju- we just all do. Uh, it's uh, you know it's whether it's good or bad. We all judge people on race or creed. Everybody does. It, mm. You could say we don't, but that's just bullshit. And now I want to play. This is something that used to play. I don't know who paid for these. They were they were pay- like public service announcements paid for by I don't know the, the public schools of New York or something. I don't know if it aired even all over the country, but I I believe it was a local thing to New York and or the you know the tri state area. And I used to watch this, and this is basically a commercial saying, don't be prejudiced. And here it is. Yesterday, Jimmy said I was prejudiced. Do you know what uh, prejudice is? No. Well, prejudice is when you react to someone because of their religion or their colors. But I don't do that. Who is Jimmy? Jimmy's one of my Jewish friends. And you are prejudiced. Because oh, fuck you, you Grandpa. Because you're a Jewish friend okay. and not your friend. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, was, um, I apologize for the audio there. This is a 1970s commercial where sound was just absolute. And they and somebody in the sound booth's like, put a chirping bird in the background. I'm like, don't you think that's going to be a little distracting? No, put the fucking chirping bird in the background. And of course, the bird sounds like it's literally on the kid's like, forehead yeah. as the kid's trying to speak. And they got some little kid who's, you know, has no teeth and he can barely hear what he says anyway. That's funny. So, but basically, what he's saying in this commercial is uh, he's saying that someone at school said he was prejudiced. And he's he's fishing with his grandfather in a boat, and uh, and the grandfather says, "Why you know prejudice is?" And he says, "It's when you judge people by their you, know, you heard it." And then the kid says, "Who's little? Who's Jimmy?" The no, he goes, "I don't do that." Yeah, the grandfather says, "Who's Jimmy?" And he goes, "Jimmy is my Jewish friend." And he goes, "You know, you see, you all prejudice, which is like, oh fuck you. I mean, Jimmy is he's my Jewish friend. It's you know Jimmy Goldstein. He's a little Jewish kid, you know, great guy, but he's." A, there's nothing wrong with everybody saying this. This guy's this guy. This guy's that guy. I imagine the average grandfather's response in the 70s would have been, you have a Jewish friend. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy's like, yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's your Jewish friend. Yeah, Jimmy's your Jew. Of course he's your Jewish friend. Probably, probably still got his- uh, his, has uh, got his, his horns. Probably still got his bat mitzvah money in his back pocket. They don't spend a dime, those people. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's where we're at. The here it is, Megan and Harry. They might be. I'm. My prediction is they move to L.A. They're living here. We see them around. Next thing you know, we, you know, we're they're amongst us. They're they're just they're, they're at the red light on the corner of La Cienega and Sunset. You know that this is it. Who knows what they're gonna do? How soon before this guy is playing ping pong on like Jimmy Fallon show? You know, getting mm. pies thrown in his face on Jimmy Fallon doing one of those wacky bits that Jimmy Fallon does. Next like I think week. that's what he's gonna come. He's gonna become like a regular guy who's just doing his thing but they're also they do you know they do stuff for the world and the and the and the country that's what they'll be doing who was it that uh it was one of the royal family like he wanted to go to war like he wanted to lead like a him. tank it was Prince him. Harry. yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's, See, he, he's a fighter pilot or in a tank or, yeah he, he ran like a tank brigade yeah. and they were like no you you're too royal for that and yeah know. i mean i think they kind of like they they gave him a tank but i don't think it went anywhere they yeah, told him it was I don't driving think they let him yeah go they told him it was ro- rolling but i don't think it was yeah. they just had like they gave uh, you know some footage on the, and that he looked out the wall looked like it was moving seems like he's wanted kept him in a little it seems spot. like he's been trying to make an exit from that lifestyle a break a, 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 a megxit a megxit yeah. yeah that's that's definitely. a hey look a megxit sounds like a that sounds like the best way to whatever they're family. having you know here it is god save the queen that's what the queen is upset they're everybody's all looking upset at- the brother's upset the everybody's they're all upset archie the little kid who would want that little kid brought up in that world and i'm telling you here's what it comes down to this megan marco wants to wear jeans i am swear to god that's what the i bet she had 10 different arguments with this fucking Harry. Like they're leaving the house to go wherever some terrible thing they have to go to. Cause every day it's some other shit thing they have to go to. She's like, where are we going now? Oh, we're going to a tea ceremony with the, you know, the president of Turkey and his wife. She's like, Oh fuck. Is she good? Can I wear these gap jeans? You cannot wear gap jeans to meet the president. Absolutely not. Forget that. No, you have, you must wear, put on thick, some proper knickers. You must wear some thick leggings, thick, Cut the wool leggings and big shoes, and then put on a hat, a, a, a sensible big feathered cap, to get out there. Now, and she eventually she's like, "Oh fuck this, man! Like I'm go- I'm going to Canada she's where like, I can I want put on my fucking fries yeah, exactly. I put on my. I don't know what her connection to Canada is. I know she's born and raised here in Los Angeles, and so I think she, she just met people up there during suits because I know they filmed that up there in Vancouver. I think so. 
and I know she's friendly with that one one woman uh, who's her kids were in the in the wedding party, and she's a big in Canada. She's like a her and her husband are like hosts, like Entertainment Tonight hosts in Canada, oh. and she's friendly with them. But apparently, it's on billionaire's house in Canada, which is another issue. There's some billionaire who's friendly with the Clintons and that whole Jeffrey Epstein bullshit. So they can't fucking win. No, you know, everywhere they go, some perverts. What happens when you're an elite? Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Elite. Just, yeah, somebody's doing yeah, some yeah, nefarious. Yeah, are elite. You know who got? Uh, you know who you don't want to be besides uh, Meghan uh, Markle right now. This you don't want to be the people who were probably. Uh, the the camera crew and the makeup artists and stuff who were at, at 3 a.m. at J Jennifer Lopez's house waiting for her reaction to her Oscar nomination. They were probably all there to capture it on film. Then it would show it on Entertainment Tonight later that day. But it never happened. Jennifer Lopez woke up early that morning. Uh, A-Rod went into the bathroom, put on his self-tanner and some probably some silken uh, pajamas. And they got ready for the for the Oscar nominations, and they ran down the list of supporting actress, which I think that was the category she was up for, and it didn't get it. Jennifer Lopez not nominated, snubbed, I believe is the term they use, snubbed by the Academy for her role in um, uh, what's the name of the movie? Hookers. It's called <laughs> Hooker, something like that. Yeah, it's about the dancers. Yeah, yeah about the dance. It was it was a real story that went down in New York. These uh, strippers. Uh, they 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 took money from all these guys, you know, rich men. They would just take their credit cards and swipe them for ten, fifteen grand, and and then just use the money for other things, you know, hustlers. That's the name of the movie. Nice. Anyway, so she didn't get, but a lot of people were snubbed. There's a lot of snubbing going on. Adam Sandler, a lot of people said he was snubbed for Uncut Gems, which is supposed to be a great movie. I have not seen. Uh, I and a, a lot of uh, white, another white, all white. Everybody, everybody nominated was white once again, except for like one or two, maybe. Uh, no women, no women directors were nominated. They said this, you know, the girl who directed Little Women, Greta Gerwig, she was she was snubbed. A lot of snubs going on. Alex, have you seen any of the Oscar nominated films? Um, no. What's the Oscar nominated? Well, for? let's see. You got The Irishman. You got Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood. Saw that. It was you fantastic. Got, oh, I thought it was fantastic too. You have The Joker, which has got the most nominations. I did you not have, see uh, it. A Marriage Story, and uh, and on and on and on. There's like there's like eleven movies nominated. I've I've heard good things about the Sandler movie. Uh, so I have as well. I've heard the got, Joker. I don't think it got any nominations. Oh. The Joker. I don't know. I've been here. I have it at the house. I'm going to watch it, and I'll give my review. I I. I don't know. I feel yeah. like they talk a lot about mental health, which is like the thing right now. So mental health and, and stand up comedy, yeah. which are two things that I I could I live with every day. I don't yeah. need to, you know. And I think I'm the only comedian. Maybe I could speak for a few of us. I might be the only comedian who's, per, you know, relatively normal. I don't really have any mental health issues, and it's probably the reason I'm not more successful. I yeah. believe. I believe the you reason you haven't flipped a table. Yeah, off I, I think I'm the the reason why I I am less successful is because I I do understand like nor social norms and shit. When I some most people I who I know who are uber successful, I have lots of friends who are they they're completely fucking insane and. Nobody seems to know, or they do know, but they don't say anything because why would they? They're on the they're on the gravy train. They're not going to say anything. Yeah. So I'm in that world. Maybe that's what's really happened to Meghan Markle. Maybe right. she went insane up there in Canada, and now all the royals are like, "We got to get." I, it. I I totally believe that that is the case. Yeah, that's that's what's happening over there. So that we have the Oscars coming up, and there's going to be a, once again no host because 
so then I, there's a whole bunch now for the next couple of weeks. Did we you, talk about Ricky Gervais? Yeah. It we was, did, okay. We didn't talk about it because I think we did that right. right we did right the podcast before. right before. Yeah. Uh, it was great. You know, I mean, it was funny. It was, it's what the host should do. You yeah. know, he went up there and, and I, I love the fact that, I know if we're a little late on this, but you bear with us. We had to, I had to go away for a week to Atlantic City and Long Island. By the way, thank you to all of the people who came. It was so nice to meet many of you in Atlantic City. It was great. I met some real great cover to cover people and Long Island was just amazing. You finally showed up. I loved it. I had such a great time. Everybody was great. A fantastic shows all around this week. Thank you. Maybe the podcast is working. Maybe people are finally starting to come out. If Des Moines fucks this up, I mean, I swear to God, we I will I will have this pot I I have so much power on this podcast. I can sell a FabFit fun box to a few women in the Midwest. That's how much power I have. And if I have any say in this, if Des Moines, Iowa fucks this streak up right now, I will have Des Moines brexited from the entire country. You, Iowa will no longer be a part of the United States. We'll be down to 49 states if you do not come to the funny bone. All right? That's the way it's going to be. I'm sorry. I have to get... Uh, enough is enough. I don't think anybody's going, ah, oh, wait, Iowa's no longer in America? We, we don't care. Yeah. We, we all saw Field of Dreams. That's You did your best work then. Is that where that was? Yes, Iowa. Is this Iowa? No, I think it's... Heaven. Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. He says, ah. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Can we keep Coeur d'Alene? That place is pretty sweet. Sure. Whatever the fuck. They, uh, yes, you can keep that. But anyway, that's uh, that, that's the that's the story on, on the Oscar nominations. And there's been a lot of... So yeah, Ricky Gervais, it, it was good. I liked it. I got it. I got the joke. It was a great joke. I, but he also, you know... It's what the Trumpy people wanted to hear. They're like, yeah, fuck these fucking, you know, they can't have an opinion, which is a weird thing to kind of say. Like, like just because they're famous doesn't mean they, that's like saying, because you're a school teacher, you can't have an opinion. You know, that's. We don't want to hear what you think about the trash man. Right. It's very strange that, you know, everyone jumps on board when, and I get it. They, they are saying it into a microphone and, you know, to millions of people, but. I don't know if it's here's the other thing. People, celebrities are fucking boring, man. They're boring. They're, they're probably more boring than, than regular people. They're just boring. And when they get up there and they talk about these, if they don't talk about some sort of thing, you know, whatever their cause of the day is, they, what are they going to talk about? They're fucking complete bores. kids on the view. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. That's the, that's the kind of shit people talk about. It's so boring that, you know, you got to let him get up there and scream. And look at that. The Joaquin Phoenix gets up there. I mean, this is what I talk about. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not, I'm less successful. This guy is making no sense. He's talking about vegan diets and fuck this and fuck that. He's barely mumbling through the, the speech. And I say this all the time. You had plenty of time to prepare. Uh, since the Joker, you know, came into the box, even before that, whether we're making it, every asshole in the world's sucking your dick saying, you're going to be nominated, you're going to be nominated. So you had all this time to go, I, I'm going to, I can wrap my head around a nomination. And then as that happened, the nominations happened, you had some time to prepare that you might win. This is outside chance you could win. Everyone's telling you, all your agents are sucking your dick saying, you're going to win this fucking thing. And this guy gets up there as if, Hey, they they had plucked him from from a subway train in New York City and said, "Now you are the best actor." He's like, "What? I don't know what's going on. Thanks for the vegan people, and uh, fuck you, and I'm the Joker, and that's the end of it." And everybody, they all get up there, all baffled and stumped by the by the microphone, by the envelope. 
by every, they, they can't handle a fucking envelope. Like I can't open it. <laughs> and then I watch, so I watched the next one. So, so that was uh, Golden Globes, right? With yeah. Ricky Gervais. So what do you think of Ricky Gervais? Uh, I like, so I think it's like- you Keep have, your voice low. We, Al, yeah, Alex screams a little too. Yeah, he thinks uh, he screams too much. I think it's like, he understands it's a comics job. You got to be self-deprecating up front. You got to make, like, how do you not, how do you get the whole country to like all the people that are about to go on stage? Well, you got to kind of pick on him. Well, what do you pick on him about? You know, I like- Right. I don't, what, what's he, what's Ricky Gervais supposed to say? Supposed yeah. to come up and be like, well, you know- Right, so was, and so looks nice this evening. She well, here's what happened. So, so, so you, so whatever, whether you liked or didn't like Ricky Gervais, now a week later you can choose because they had another one called the Critics Choice Awards, which mm. was like last night, night before, and Tay Diggs was the host. Now oh. I don't know where they dug up Tay Diggs. I, I, Tay Diggs is, you know, had a successful career. He's worked in a lot of stuff al along the years, and but I don't know if he's he's big enough to host something. So anyway, he's hosting, and of course he's not going to do anything to fuck this up he's certainly not going to do a ricky gervais thing and come out and say uh, you know a apple has uh, slave slave labor <laughs> so he's just doing like like jokey i shtick. loved it what what ricky i gervais? loved ricky gervais well it was funny because it's true yeah. like people were so offended by the fact that he said that right in front of the guy from apples first of all it was so amazing they panned to him he's not even the real guy from Apple. he's the second guy from I, apple. right but he's in charge now for better or for worse and you so so he's saying something about Apple getting into the streaming services, and they you know the cameraman's like, oh, here's the Apple guy. We might as well pan to him, and then he comes right in with the they have slave labor, and a fucking camera guy's got it. You what the fuck? Oh man, he pan Scarlett he Johansson pulled off of him so quick. <laughs> but it was fine. It, the, the whole thing was like, and you people can't take a joke. Fucking relax, yeah. Everybody, just take the joke. Take the hit. You're all going back. Like, you think Tom Hanks really gives a fuck what Ricky Gervais says about him? Tom Hanks goes, oh, how sad that Ricky Gervais doesn't like He's me. trying to going turn back that to last my nice, kid normal. Yeah, he doesn't going, care. Going back, oh, that kid. Did you see him? Did you see the kid on the on the red carpet no. talking in a, he was talking in like a Jamaican accent? I didn't. What is this kid's problem? He's a rapper, dude. Is he? I know, but Not a, isn't, who isn't? Didn't, is he the one that like stormed out of his Stern? Name's Chet? Chet. I don't was know. Was it like one of them was like on Stern or so, one of those like Sirius XM and they just kind of started roasting him and he got up and was like, fuck you guys. I didn't have I to come here. I don't know if Stern would have had Chad on there. I think it was. Uh, but Opiate. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it was one, one of those, those other ones. That's that's once again, Alex gave us a, a story that has no facts and a half-assed. Uh, be, he's been doing that a lot for the last like four or five episodes. What? He goes, isn't this has nothing. I don't know. Have any idea. But here it is. And I well, I'll look it up then. Why I don't figured, you? I figure you're the pop culture. No, guy. I, I, I knew, I do know what you're talking about. I think it was on one of those Eminem, uh, that, that's his, his Eminem's channel on there with Emin Sway See, or I something. don't even know Eminem's got a channel. He does. He's on the, he has a channel on Sirius with Sway. I can't, I can't keep up with all the rap beef anymore. There's a lot of But it. anyway, this kid comes, he's a bit on the red carpet because his father was getting a lifetime achievement award. So the entire family's there. And there's Chet, who I'd imagine they're all a little embarrassed about. He doesn't even really look like Tom Hanks. Or is he Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson's kid? Is he full like I them? Think so. Because I don't know where he doesn't look. I mean, the one kid, Colin Hanks, looks just like Tom Hanks this. and sounds just like him. So anyway, Chet Hanks is speaking in a full-on Jamaican accent on the red carpet. And I guess because he spent some time in Jamaica to get, you know, he wants to get some fresh beats. So that's why he was speaking and he picked up the accent now. 
Anyway, this is privilege. This yeah. one happens to privilege people with privileged lifestyle. What the fuck? This guy's not having any problems in life. His mom is Rita Wilson. His dad's Tom Hanks. He had no issue. So he's got to come up with a Jamaican accent and rap. What else is he going to do? Go work at uh, you know Trader Joe's? He can't have a regular life. He's got to, got to do stupid shit, like rapping stupid fucking songs. Anyway, so there. Now, so Ricky Gervais. Well, we're, we're done yeah, with okay. the Golden Globes. Golden Globes, it was fine. Everybody, you know, people won that you thought was going to win, and it was fine. So what's the next award show? So, the, so now you have Critics' Choice. Okay. This is last weekend. Well, this, you know, a couple days ago. Sunday night, Critics' Choice Awards. Real low rent. Low, you know, you have Tay Diggs, who doesn't do anything to, you know, rock the boat as far as his. And then he's going out into the audience to talk to, because I guess, you know, people are still excited to see Charlize Theron and, 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 you know, Laura Dern and, and Nicole Kidman and, and what they have to, and he's doing bits with them. He's doing like a, here's a quiz. Let's do a quiz about past winners of the Critics' Choice Awards as if, you know, we all know like, oh, they're so legendary. The Critics' Choice Awards. We all remember, you know, the Critics' Choice Awards from 1997. Remember that? Cause they, they, they're going through and showing like each time they come back from commercial they're showing old clips as if we give a fuck. So then, they're doing fun bits with Nicole Kidman and, and Charlie Theron. Like, can, hey, this is Tay Diggs saying, hey, here's a quiz for you two. And they're both like, oh, God, you know, now we're a part of the shtick, the bit, a bit. And he goes, uh, what was the name of the character Tom Cruise played in Jerry Maguire? These are the jokes. And I'm like, see, he, this, is the, this is what you get. Either you get Ricky Gervais and you're upset that he, you know, made fun of celebrities or you get fucking Tay Diggs doing horrible. And I also feel that now because of Netflix or, and all these other streaming services, people are more adept to comedy. You know, back in the old days, we all knew, you know, people knew four comedians that you saw on a tonight show and that was the end of it. But now we all, because of Instagram and, and, and YouTube, we Netflix. all, we're all very, uh, you know, attuned to comedy and, 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 and comedy beats and this hacky shit, I don't think works anymore. I don't, even, even the dummies were like, oh my God, are you for real? We're really going to watch Tay Diggs do Jerry Maguire jokes and, you know, fourth and Cole Kidman. And, and then he goes over to JLo and she's like, oh my God, leave me alone. Like, I'm just trying to get through. This. And then I would imagine for these people, it becomes a drag eventually to every week to walk down the aisle. Cause now you got, those old guys from the Irishman, you know, they're nominated for everything. So now you got these fucking, they're all 75, 80 years old. Pacino, Pesci, De Niro, uh, Harvey Keitel. They all got to get up in another get up. They don't even want to leave the house anymore. They're like, what are you kidding me? So they get up and you people are just dreading you've it. Seen one critic's choice. You've seen them all. Every time these guys go to the fucking microphone, like, oh good lord, what what's gonna happen here? It's like giving the microphone to, to your, your grandfather. You, yeah, like you had a say you had a family reunion, had you all four of your oldest uncles and grandfathers and fathers there, just saying, giving them the microphone and let them do their thing. Because they have no idea how to how to the microphone works. How so the Nieros gets up. He seems to be the most still, you know, functional of mm -hmm. them. And he gets up. They win for best ensemble at the um, at the Critics' Choice Award. Now, De Niro says, you know, thank you very much, everyone. It's a good movie. It's three and a half hours. Martin Scorsese. I liked it. I watched it. It's a good movie. It's three and a half hours, but it's cool acting, and you're going to watch it. You know what you're going to get. You're going to watch three and a half hours of, yeah, Pesci and, 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 and all that. It's, it's good. 
So now he goes, Al wants to talk. Al Pacino wants to talk. So Al Pacino, he's got a jacket, ill-fitting jacket. Looks like he borrowed it from his you know, friend, like a, like a last-minute thing. Like, could, you, could I borrow your jacket? I got to go to one of these award shows. So he comes up. And he, you know, he's been in The Irishman. He's filmed The Irishman, which I would imagine took six, seven months to film. Not only that, he's been out there doing press for The Irishman now. All alongside De Niro and Pesci, all these shows, you things, you know, you got to do the rounds of press. So he's been doing that. Now he's on the award circuit where he's seeing these guys once again. So now he's probably spent a year and a half of his life with Pesci, De Niro, Cartel, Keitel, him. They're all together. They've been together for quite some time. He says, I'd like to thank a few people. Uh, I'd like to thank a few people. So I was digging into his pockets. <laughs> For, for, for a bar nap? For, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> hey, Alex, you have to see the shit this guy pulled out of his pocket. I mean, he's pulling out like a headphones. He's got that, you know, like a, you know, uh, stir sticks from his drinks. He's, uh, he's got the you know, lifesavers. He's got all sorts of shit coming out of his pocket. And he finally unfurls some little piece of, you know, like a, a target receipt that he wrote something on the back. And uh, this all took about five minutes for him to un, uh, unfold. And he goes, I'd like to thank Robert De Niro. I was like, you needed to pull out a piece of paper from your pocket, unfold it to thank Robert De Niro. First of all, the guy's standing two feet right from you, you. And you have known Robert De Niro your entire life. You've been in 10 movies. You're the Godfather, Heat. You've been in a thousand. And you, you've given a hundred of these yeah, speeches. Yeah, exactly. You, this is kind of, it was unbelievable. And then he keeps reading Joe Pesci, also standing around, uh, Harvey Keitel. It was unbelievable. And and I would imagine. And then the fucking, CGI And team. then Harvey Keitel, who is an amazing, like Harvey Keitel's Harvey Keitel. He now, Pacino goes on for 10 minutes. Of course, they got to cut them off. We got to go to a commercial. We got to watch, you know, some Cottonelle commercial with these little bears, you know, who wipe their ass and have little, which is they're fucking gross. Have you seen these commercials? I feel we're getting a little too loose with the ass wiping on these. Just because they're cartoon bears, you know, doesn't mean we can we can say, oh, the little kid's got um, you know, dinkleberries in his butt. That's what they say in the commercial. Like these, this, this Cottonelle so strong it doesn't leave little things in your fur. Like yeah, we all know what you're talking about. That's disgusting. You've seen these commercials? I haven't, but how else do you? The little how else cartoon bears, and they and they make and they and they talk about wiping their ass because know, well, they can't have real people like the do Charmin it. They're like the commercials, right? I know the commercials. Yeah, but I haven't maybe, seen maybe this. it's Charmin. I, think I haven't seen it, the it Dingle. I haven't seen. Yeah, that there's one. a Dinkleberry one now where the little bear bends over and he's got little Dinkleberries in his ass because he used some cheap. I'm not gonna lie, I might yeah. be sold on this product. Well, now. I'm thinking, yeah, I, hope, I hope we sold. So anyway. But they cut off Harvey Keitel. He's about to speak. In a, and Harvey Keitel's probably like, oh, motherfucker. Like, I've done my, my given my life to this stupid fucking business, and you cut me off so Tay Diggs could do a quiz with uh, with Nicole Kidman. And try to make celebrities yeah, like, seem oh, likable. Like, what are we doing? Why am I even here? Isn't that what they're just trying to... They're trying to make people who don't relate to most people at all seem like Right, well, that's what the problem is. Like, you know, Nicole Kidman's just like, oh, just... Leave me. I do the work. I go home, and I and I'm Nicole Kidman. I would love to be relatable to people, but I can't be. You people have put me up on some like you. We did it. You're the one who put me up on some pedestal. If I, I, I would walk through Target if I could, but you won't let me walk through Target, so I can't be normal. That's what happened to Ma Harry and Meghan. Well, and I think that's part of it too, is because like people like it's. 
people don't make it easy to interact with either when they have you on a pedestal, right? right? Like right. they can't walk up and be like, hey man, loved you in that and just keep going, shake your hand, keep going. They got to go, oh Mike, that was Not inspirational me. to man my daughter. Man of the people, ask anyone who comes to my shows. You should see the people I'm hugging after a show. Oh my God. And I was in Atlantic City, New Jersey on a, on a Tuesday night performing in a casino. Who do you think's at those shows? You should have saw these people. They look like they crawled out from, from below a sewer grate to come out and see my show. Afterwards, what am I doing? I'm hogging them, rubbing up on their necks and stuff. That's what I'm doing just to get people to come to my show. Letting them the, smell your cologne. The, the, these people, the, their family members wouldn't touch them. And there I am just really getting in there with them because I'm fucking man of the people, decent person. I don't charge you for it. You want a picture? I sit and watch these people fumbling with these cameras. Oh my God. They have no idea what they're looking at. They don't know what, but they can't even see the fucking thing. They're, they're taking pictures of the ceiling, the carpet. Not, and then they post the pictures on Facebook and tag me. The blurry, it's looks, the like, it blurry. Was looks like it was taken from from space. <laughs> from a drone. Uh, through, through a fucking greasy uh, 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 fucking... Russian plate. satellite. Yeah, a greasy <laughs> Vaseline covered uh, lens to, um, from space. That's what it looks like. Saying. And, they, and they tagged me in it. Saw Chris Frangiola. Is that Chris Frangiola? I couldn't even tell. Well, I got news for you, ladies. Are you looking for a Japanese billionaire and you want to go to space? Do I have news for you? Japanese billionaire Yusaku Meizawa is taking his quest for love to new heights, announcing Sunday that he is seeking applications from women to be his next girlfriend and join him on the first private voyage to the moon. This is pretty exciting for you, ladies, isn't it? As feelings of loneliness and emptiness slowly begin to surge. Hold on. Let me do this as a Japanese guy. As feeling of loneliness and Ah, forget it. And there's one thing I can think of. This is him. This is a quote from him. Continuing to love one woman. The starry-eyed online fashion entrepreneur 44 said, well, it's something that is taken for granted by everyone. It's something that I haven't quite been able to do until now. The Zozo founder who has bought a spot on the first moon voyage in Elon Musk's SpaceX program said he is in the midst of restarting his life and sees his space journey as an opportunity for romance. You see what he's doing here, Alex? He's going to take a woman with him on the space journey. I want to find my life partner with, the, with that future partner of mine. I want to shout our love and world peace from outer space, said the entrepreneur who sold his company for $3.7 billion last year. Ms. Al said his dating pursuits will be filmed as part of a documentary. Um, his applicants must have a bright personality and always be positive, as well as someone who wishes for world peace. He's a uh, single woman over the age of 20, he wants. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, you know he's not going to choose someone 56 who's yeah, up there bitching about yeah. everything. You know, like, uh, oh, uh, God damn it. Now, let me tell you, what is your name? Mazawa? Mr. Mazawa. I, I, this is a very, uh, uh, but I can't, I got to get out of this goddamn spacesuit every five fucking minutes because I have to pee. We've been traveling now for, it seems like, I don't know, light year, however you people do your business here, light years, and you're not even pulling over, and I got to take off this spacesuit, and the an anti-gravitational uh, forces are flying the, the pee-pee all over the place. 
I don't, I don't know. It might have been a bad idea to do this. It, I, I think at first I thought, ah, this Japanese fellow wants a, a love affair. With a, I've, been, I've been divorced. I had this fucking asshole I married. I, it was a bad idea. But now I figure this Japanese spaceman, why not give this fellow a shot? And turns out you're, it's fucking, it's too much work. It's too much work. I don't have time for this. I was going to watch the, I want to watch The Masked Singer. I, I go to the fucking other spaceman. I said, can you put on the mass singer? I need to know who's the Rottweiler. And he tells me we don't even get the, ma- the the local channels up here on cable. They don't get the channels. I can't be on a spaceship with no channels. Ah, so he's got to go, you know, you got to go 20. Because <laughs> yeah. then that, that girl will be up there like, what? And like, this She's is, like Instagramming. Yeah, like Instagramming the whole thing. Like, this is great. He go, oh, you love, you love this. This is a good time. We go, we go space. This for you first time. You first time space voyage. First time SpaceX. How do you not put out if a guy takes you to space? You have to. You I have think to. you have to do something with this guy. He, he seems like he doesn't really want that. He just wants world peace and, you know. Just, That's not uh, what he wants. He wants to live in harmony. You don't say 20 and up if you just want world peace. I know, yeah. He, he, he could have went like, yeah, 40 to 60. Like, you know, 32 and up. But he, his friends fair. are like, he, he probably did that. He goes, you know, I want someone into world peace. Uh, someone 40 to 60. No, 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 no. Mezawa, please. You know, 40 to 60 cross. No, no, no. Not in space. Gravity, gravity, no. They, 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 titty fly all over. No gravity, gravity. No good, no good. Float around. You need 20, girl. Nice, you know, TikTok. She, she do TikTok with you up in space. Funny, they sing song in kitchen. You dance around. Uh, wear pants, tight pants. Wear, wear uh, 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 Ugg boot, Ugg boot in space. It's nice for you. 20, white claw, drink. <laughs> 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 yeah, you fucking think I was not going to bring that back? Yeah, very nice, very nice. 20. And he's, are you sure? 20? Trust me, my friend. Do 20, please. That's what you want. <laughs> so that's it. Ever since I was a kid, I have loved the moon, he says. It's always there and continues to inspire humanity, the moonbound Romeo said. He said Sunday he initially considered turning down the opportunity to travel in space. When I got the offer to go on this program, I was first taken by emotions of embarrassment and pride, and I thought about refusing the offer. The more I thought about it, however, I started to think a chance like this might never come around again. The sh- here's, you want to know where the ship goes? The ship will fly around the moon, making Mezawa and its other occupants the first humans to embark on the journey since 1972, the last Apollo mission. So there it is. So is this, this some woman's going to get to fly on the, uh, you know, I just hope that he picks someone who doesn't think this is a carnival cruise or something. You know, she's like, where's the buffet? Shows up with a lot of you luggage. No, 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 no buffet. No, no buffet. Oh, Jesus Christ. I got to tell you, this was a bad idea, Ms. Awa. You could have went on a carnival cruise. I went on one with my friends for a bachelorette party. It left out of Miami to uh, to the Keys. And we had, oh, Lord, they had a buffet there. They do it at midnight, put it out at midnight again. And you're, you're, still, you're still full from the other one. But you say, oh, you know what? They put it out. I'm going to have it. I don't do, on the midnight one, I don't do a hell of a lot. I do, uh, I, on the midnight one, a lot of people, I see them there. Because these people, they're animals, uh, Mizawa. They, uh, they'll, they'll take prime rib midnight. I don't, I can't do that. So I just get some, like, a honeydew melon. And uh, that's what I, I maybe, maybe, a, you know, a coffee. 
but you guys don't have shit on this. This Elon Musk don't know how, how to do a goddamn thing. I tell you, you Elon Musk, Mezawa, you guys should do yourself a favor. Call Carnival Cruise Lines and ask them how they have a good time. They fucking form your towel. You come back to your room every day. They have they form your towel into some sort of creature. I go in every day. It's a different funny thing. And they take your sunglasses or some article of your clothing from your, uh, your they, they dig to your personals, which I think is odd. And they put it on the towel. So you, one day you go in there and it's a fucking, uh, I don't know, a rooster. It's got your sunglasses on. Next day it's a, a marlin or a dolphin and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it's, I, that's something you should do here on these spaceships, Mazawa. You know, world peace is one thing, but it's nice to to fold a towel into an animal too for entertainment purposes. <laughs> I've never had more fun in my life than doing that character, the the fifty eight year old woman, the lady not the, impressed the, by the, space travel. That's the greatest Still character ever. Where's yeah, the st- she's not impressed by space travel and traveling with a Japanese millionaire billionaire throughout space. It's she'd rather be on a carnival cruise. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> Uh, you know, ladies, ladies, speaking, um, now that we've got your attention with this cruise guy, I want to read you something out of my science magazine, this week's sci- new scientist magazine. <laughs> Cosmetic genital surgery is increasingly popular, but new research suggests crucial nerves are at greater risk of injury during vulval surgery, people. So be careful out there. A lot of people are getting these, they're getting their, their shit tightened up, Alex. Mm-hmm. It's a strange, but people do. They say it's textbooks rarely depict or describe the dorsal nerves going to the clit- clitoris. Is it clitoris or clitoris? I don't even know how to find it, so let alone say oh, it. Oh, Alex, Alex. That's an old bit. That's a fucking classic right is there, it? I'm Alex. Sorry. Alex is it a, I think that's an old Rita Wilson joke, oh. Alex did. Uh, and the organ is often depicted as smaller than it is, says Paul Bin at the Bailey University Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. Paul Bin is an expert. Paul Pin, excuse me. Paul Pin is an expert. At Paul Pin? That's- Paul, Paul. Oh. Paul Penn, oh, he's okay. an expert at the clitoris. He works at the uh, Bailey University. Hey. Hey. Your girls, hey, why don't you show me your uh, clit? I'll tell you about it because I uh, I work at the, this Bailey University over here, and I can tell you that your dorsal nerves uh, are nice and long, my lady friend. You got a real nice <laughs> dorsal nerve. Basic anatomical, the pin. basic anatomical research on the clitoris has lagged behind that of the penis. We all know that, he says. Uh, to address this, he, me and my colleagues have dissected the clitoral region. Uh, oh, my God. They've uh, Listen to this. They've dissected the clitoral, 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 oh, fuck, clitoral regions of 10 cadavers of women 43 to 88. These poor women. They can't even, in death, they Don't can't it, get a break. This fucking 88-year-old old broad dies. She's like, oh, finally, donate my body to from these fucking weirdos digging around in my, in my vagina. <laughs> and sure enough, she's dead. And here comes fucking Paul Penn going, oh, let me get down there. Let me get down there in this old broad and see what her, see what her dorsal nerve looks like. Oh. Hey. Yeah, I found it. I found it. She got a, oh, this one's got a long dorsal nerve. Hood. Ten cadavers they're digging around on there. <laughs> This is a real story, people. They found that the nerves responsible for sensation and orgasm uh, range from two to three millimeters in diameter, similar to the size of the nerves running along the shaft of the penis. Same size. Yeah, okay. These nerves sit millimeters under the surface of the clitoral hood, the fold of skin that protects the pea-sized gland. Anyway, what they're saying is a lot of these women are getting this surgery. 
you know, uh, to uh, Make it look to nice. reboot the yeah, yeah, and they're cutting off because the doctors don't know about the dorsal nerve. The only one who knows about it is Paul Penn. Yeah, he'll tell you about it. And uh, they're cutting off, you know, big parts of 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 the uh, of the. the Cut, they're cutting off nerves. Pin worries that a lack of information on clitoral anatomy means many surgeons performing uh, labioplasties don't realize that nerves are even there. So, but they are large, superficial, and therefore very susceptible to injury if you don't know what you're doing. Paul Penn says, Paul. "If you don't know what you're doing, stay out of the woman's <laughs> business. Trust me, I've worked on Ted Dead Broads. I know what their pussies look like. Okay, thank you very much. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you, stay, ladies. Leave your clits alone. All right. Every now and again, you want to go down there with a vibrator, touch it with your fingers. Your business, but don't go down there with knives and forks and you know <laughs> rattle it around. That ain't going to work. You got a dorsal fin. That's just the same as a dick." Be careful, is all I'm saying. <laughs> dorsal fin. That's what it says. It's called the dorsal nerve. The, uh, uh, you're like, what but happened that's, to your- Be careful. There are a lot of people are getting it. I see it. Clitoral shit. What happened to your grandma after she passed away? Did you guys like cremate her or? Nah, Paul Penn, <laughs> he- uh, Yeah, Paul Penn needed to look at her clit for a little while. We figured, what harm grandma? could that be? Yeah. He sent her over when he was done. She looked, she never looked better. <laughs> she never, oh my God. She looked God, like herself these, in that box, these in that poor, pine box. These poor people. Oh, uh, That's why, maybe it's not a good thing to give your body to science. Because no. you, you think, oh, I'm saving lives. They're going to use my brain to, you know, save a child's life. No, they're not going to be digging around in your clit. Next thing you know, Paul Penn's going to be teaching college kids how to do all this stuff with your. There's a fucking vagina. This is also in the same. This is in the, the the new New Scientist magazine that just came out yesterday. Vagina there's a, there's a vagina. There's a, I'm issue. sorry, everybody. There's a giant. Issue. There's a vagina museum in in Camden Market, London. Uh, until March 29th, that'll be open. A giant red glittery tampon is the first thing you see as you walk into the vagina museum. A small gallery that recently opened in London and claims to be the first of its kind. The point of this exhibition, muff busters, vagina myths, and how to fight them is to educate visitors about how the human anatomy as well as tackling taboos and giving people confidence to talk to doctors about their bodies. Alex, you want to do your joke again? No. Say, I tried to go to the vagina museum. I couldn't find. <laughs> I couldn't find. Thank you. <laughs> okay. That says Alex. Alex got it. Contrary to popular belief, according to this, the hymen isn't reli- a, ri- a, a reliable indicator that p- a person has had sex. Oh. Well, I could have told. Uh, all are unnecessary as vaginas are self-cleaning to get rid of oh Jesus oh, this is this is see this is a science magazine so yeah they're saying it's the last thing that they're even studying. if women's virginity isn't being questioned she may hear messages that her genitals are offensive in some ways <laughs> one exhibit displays various douches bro this sounds like a fun museum hey we're all, come on uh, children children hurry up we're going over to the douche hall we're going to down to the douche going, hall. We're going to the douche hall, and then we got we got to move quickly because right after that we go to the sprays, lotions, and potions marketed for cleansing or perfuming perfuming the vagina. That's down. Uh, that's in the building number two. Oh, they really do. Oh, they have a picture of the the big. Tampon. I really enjoyed the new oh, Paul cl- Penn exhibit over there. No, the a- Paul, Paul Penn's got a nice exhibit there. Yeah, it's just him holding a clit. It's just going, a, hey, it's a ladies, motion ride. It's a lot more sensitive than you think it is. Be careful. You're going down there, you know, cutting it up. It's like a, it's like a, the Jurassic Park motion ride. It's just him. He's like, today we're going to be exploring the dorsal. <laughs> Paul Penn. That'd be where if you meet a guy on Bumble called Paul Penn, don't get on a space. Uh, or uh, do. It sounds uh, like he knows yeah. his way around. 
uh, itchy feather, itchy feathers have driven puffins to uh, you know puffins, you know puffins, yeah. those little birds. Breakfast that, cereal. They, they also, yeah, they, it's also a Trader Joe's <laughs> breakfast cereal, but they are a real thing. Uh, they're itchy feathers, but now they've become so smart. Puffins, they're so itchy. They use, they know how to use sticks now to uh, scratch their their. Things. Are they holding them with their beaks or mm-hmm. nice? Uh, how about paddlefish? You like paddlefish? People like paddlefish. One of the world's largest freshwater uh, fish species, the Chinese paddlefish, has been officially declared extinct. The last known sighting was in 2003. Nobody's seen a paddlefish since 2003. Like Mickey Rourke. It's been a while since you've seen Mickey Rourke. You know, maybe he's fucking swimming around to put the paddlefish. When's the last time you've seen um, uh, Shelly Long? Nobody cares about her, but these Chinese paddlefish, you don't see them for a couple of years. They're like, oh, we got to shut the world down. The paddlefish. Is there a picture of it on there? Very Mm -hmm. unique looking fish. You'd spot it for sure. Uh, Samsung and LG have unveiled all of... uh, that AI fridges, um, that's the new thing at this new, at CES, the annual gathering of gadgets. And the Samsung and LG have AI fridges, artificial intelligence, that tell you what's inside so you don't have to open the door anymore. You remember remember the days, Alex, of you'd sit there and open the door of the refrigerator, wasting your time like, looking Out inside. of mayonnaise? Yeah. Now Why'd I even come you here? You walk past the refrigerator goes, you no longer have any more bacon. And you gotta go. Oh, what? Yes, I said you were out of bacon or whatever you're out of. I don't know. Amazon's no. gonna start selling them half off. It's gonna reorder stuff for you. So it's these the future. Is, these I I go past these refrigerators at Home Depot. They're all pretty wild. I Man, they got like TVs on them now and stuff. And I do like the ones you could kind of see in without opening the door, just like it's glass. But then I don't, I'd feel like I'd have to keep my refrigerator Too clean. Yeah, like I'd have to keep it well, you know, like stocked. Norm, so if people are gonna see in it all the time. Um, one more thing I want to talk about. Sexy robot influencers taking over Instagram and they're coming for your jobs. On Instagram, there's a woman that's so gorgeous that admiring fans wonder how she could possibly be human. You don't even look real. You look like a painting, one user commented after the South African model who goes by Shudu posted a dreamy photo of herself wearing a gauzy pink dress, uh, gold African neck rings, and a powder pink turban. Oh my God, I'm in love, said the, in reality, Shudu who has 186,000 followers on Instagram, is more painting than person. She's a 3D digital animation made by an Englishman named Cameron James Wilson, who builds his creation as the world's first digital supermodel. Influencers beware, hot bots are coming for your jobs. Shudu is representative of a growing crop of beautiful and highly realistic avatars on social media created for the sole purpose of gaining followers and making money, and it's working. These otherworldly beauties are landing lucrative partnerships with the biggest names in fashion, such as Balmain, Calvin Klein, and Dior. Social media savvy celebrities are embracing them as well. Kim Kardashian, Bella Hadid. Don't make out with them. And Zendaya. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. We, we did the story, right? Who was it? Oh, Bella. It was the one of Hadid. Well, yeah. Have all appeared in photos and videos here with their digital counterparts. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, even top modeling agents, including IMG and Lips, have signed on to manage the most popular bots. Well, that's here's another problem now. They're coming for you. You thought you people were safe, you influencers out mm. there, you know, taking pink. Now they're going to this. Oh, it looks. I'm looking at the picture of this woman. Shoe do. It looks completely fake. Uh, obviously, that's not real. It not if like, you're, uh, not, if, not if your screen's cracked. Shoe do, shoe do, Graham. Oh, that looks, it looks like a mannequin. How do you, you spell shoe do? S H U D U. Shudu.gram is her thing. Look at these fucking idiots. So uh, you could, ha- somebody could possibly fall for that. That it's looks not like a, a super. Oh, model. look at this one. Looks real. 
That one looks real. What's this one? This is Lil Miguel. Oh, this is the one oh, we yeah, talked Lil about. Lil Miguela. Lil Miguela. She's the one that made out with Hadid. Oh, that one. Look, that's creepy looking. Lil Miguela is robot girl gently strokes your face and tells you she wrote a song just for you. Oh, I bet weirdos would love this, this one. Well, this is like she little, Oh, she got little freckles on her face, little space in her teeth. Oh my, and it bangs. And she looks barely old enough to have sex. Oh my God, this is creepy. This is creepy. Yeah. I wouldn't if I if I I would I would have to redo her. I'd have, I'd call the robot company. Uh yeah, hello. It's Chris. Listen, I got I just got a little uh, me little Miguela came to the house here to sing a song and stroke my cheek. I don't like the bangs. Can you uh <laughs> she got weird bangs. I don't like it. So can you send I'm gonna send her back. Can you, you um, reprogram her yeah, with a different I'm gonna, send, I'm gonna put her back in the box, stuff her back in this box and send me somebody with uh with no bangs. I'm I'm not I'm not into this bangs bullshit. That Miguela showed up here with. That's interesting. Do you know uh, everybody? Uh, the most depressing. To, I don't know wh where you're at age wise, but according to science, they've they've pinpointed it. The most depressing time in people's lives: forty seven and three months. If you're forty seven and three months old right now, you're the most depressed you'll ever be at forty seven and three months. That is full considered full midlife crisis. Uh, I'm in hell age 47 and three months uh a sci scientific study has has found uh you have a long way to go alex yeah before you get there yeah do you think it get it get any worse than more depressed than you are now you know what man because you have a long way to go you you you're looking at you got to look at 47 and three months that's 20 years away i think you. my depression chart looks like the dow jones it's just, it's just a lot ups of ups downs. A yeah lot well, of downs. well what's it i 47 might have been the best time of my life i believe 47 and three months might have been the best uh for me i think i was quite the opposite 37 not great you, know, you were but 50, yeah. now not great but 47 i was at the fuck top of my game dude um, i look forward to it yeah yeah 47 and three months so, so i hope any of you there or, or close to it uh be be careful because like this could be a, a tough time for you because nobody gives a shit about you now anymore 47 if you die people are like hmm they were young but not that i mean yeah 47 well you're yeah, like, 20, like you're probably if, you're, if you die at 23 they're like, oh, it's tragic. Guy died at 23. If you die at 80, they're like, well, he's supposed to die at 80. But die at 47, like, hmm, who eh, cares? Natural yeah. causes? That's weird. And then it's also like, yeah, just nobody just nobody cares. So yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. You're like, uh, whether your career's going good or bad, you find something. You know, your body, just everything. You're like, oh, shit. But then here's the good. Here's the upside. You could go jerk off to fucking anime Supermodel, Lil Miguela. They're not. She's not gonna. She doesn't know you're forty-seven and three months. Shudu. Think, think little Shudu gives a shit. Shudu goes. I will fuck you no matter what. Oh, thank you, Shudu. Yes, it doesn't matter to me how old you are. Oh, you know what they should do? They should mix the refrigerator <laughs> with this one of these Shudus and have you know you could fuck the refrigerator or put stuff inside. Have Shudus innards be be a refrigerator you put you know some you a couple of things a couple of items not a big one like a mini fridge put a couple of pepsis in there maybe a you know beer and a couple of cold cuts you fuck her then after it's over you open her up you have a beer a couple of cold cuts and she could tell you when you're out of stuff that was a great session you 50 47 and three month old man heart you rate <laughs> is looking great. You really hit my dorsal nerve hard. <laughs> I would also 
like to let you know you're out of milk and eggs. <laughs> I think I really fucking figured this shit out. I have to tell you, this episode turned out to be pretty fun. You know, we, I know we've been talking a long time. Alex is getting nervous. He's like, this um, one's yeah, going long. I'm about to mess it we're up. We're going long here. So I think we covered a lot. There's a couple of stories for you, everybody. I don't want to talk about the fucking Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle because it's been because it to stinks. Death. It's been no. Oh, oh the on. story. The yeah, story. Yeah, but you know Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina probably smells fantastic. Yeah. It's probably very nice. She's, and, yeah, she's been focusing and, on it, and she's also like she's doing a shtick. And it's I got think. the nerve. She's, it's I heard she got an, a a second a dorsal, dorsal nerve. Yeah, yeah she got yeah, two now. This is this is you know I saw a lot of people doing your joke, Alan. They were like, guys can't find the wick. Don't like the candle. Oh, so, yeah, so yeah. there you go. You're well, right in there with every other hack on Twitter. Yeah, and, I know. And Instagram. That's why I don't talk about the stuff on stage because it's. <laughs> oh, you can't. I mean, every everybody's doing the jokes about this uh, this Gwyneth Paltrow candle. So I will refrain. Go get it. I'm sure it smells wonderful. Uh, and the exciting news: the baby Yoda is coming to build a bear. You guys can now go to build a bear and build a baby Yoda for your children. Remember, we did a story that they weren't going to have baby Yodas available for Christmas, so people were freaking out. But everybody. Relax. Fear not. They got the baby Yoda at Build-A-Bear. You have to build it yourself. And I don't know. I've always heard Build-A-Bear is very expensive. To put like a full thing together, you're probably going to cost you, I don't know, $400 to put a baby Yoda together. Oh, here it is. It's now available pre-order for the price of $24.99. That's just, that's just bare bones. You don't get then stuffing. It's a whole other problem. Anyway. Let's do some songs. Get the hell out of here. Thank you all for coming to the shows. I have had an absolute blast on the road these past couple of shows. It has been wonderful. So nice to meet everybody, like I said. And I'm going out to a bunch more. 2020 is going to be a packed year for me on the road. And I want it to just keep getting better and better and better. Like I said, I'm playing theater, some theaters now, small theaters, mind you, in, uh, in, in Sacramento and some other places. So I would love to see you come out to those. And uh, I'm bringing Alex with me on quite a few of the dates, so we're gonna have a good time. Uh, let's let's have some fun. I don't know what we're gonna do as far as songs. I so, you know uh, here's what here's what I go, go ahead. So here's uh, some interesting news. Uh, recently uh, passed away, uh, posthumously releasing, I guess. Uh, Mac Miller's Mac releasing Miller, an who, album. Apparently, he was with uh, Ariana Grande at the time. Yeah, and there were rumors at the time he was also, you know, he- heavily into drugs. Yeah. so that's what killed him in the end. But Overdose. there were rumors at the time when he died that you know it was because of the Ariana Grande breakup. breakup. Pete Davidson had been, you know, prodding him on on uh, you know mm-hmm. on social media about now being with Ariana Grande. There was all talk of that. Uh, Have you ever seen those NPR Tiny Desk concerts? You know what those are? I, I don't. I, so, I was not familiar with Mac Miller at all uh, during during when when he died. But I know people loved him, and mm. he seemed like an okay guy. I read a little. I Steve Miller, I knew I, he's still alive. The uh, yeah, he's, he's a joker. He's doing he's all a right. Smoker. He's a midnight talker. Um, so uh, NPR Tiny Desk concerts, they bring all these artists in and kind of do unplug sets in the NPR office. Okay, yeah. And uh, they had him and like his band on shortly right. before he died, and the performance was amazing. You can go watch it on YouTube. I will. Um, but his banter in between, yeah. you could tell like, oh, this guy's this guy's getting high. You know, oh like, yeah. He yeah. just couldn't even. He was not able to watch really. The, gotta see. Be careful on drugs, people. Those yeah. drugs are fucking. They'll get so, you. So uh, yeah, let's uh for for this week's song. So this is a new. This three. is brand new. Yeah. Number three on the chart. Dropped a couple days ago. Number brand three new on Spotify. Mac Miller, everybody. This is you see now. You, we're giving these people something. They could go tell their kids after they listen. They can go. 
Hey, you guys hear the new Mac Miller? And then mm-hmm. the kids, they, they're not, they don't disrespect you as much as they would have otherwise, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess mom and dad. They're not going to leave the family. They're yeah. not going to Megxit now. Yeah, exactly. They, thank you, Alex. They're not Megxiting. They're going to be, oh, mom's pretty cool. She knows about Mac Miller. I wonder how large her uh, dorsal nerve is. <laughs> wonder how long mom, how large <laughs> mom's. <laughs> oh, Alex ruined it. Alex about? just talked about your mother, your mother's dorsal nerve. Are you talking about Mac Miller's? Mac Miller has no dorsal nerve. No. Uh, Ariana Grande probably got a nice dorsal. Oh. I bet she's got a really nice dorsal nerve. According to, uh, what was his name? Pitt? What was the, what was the doctor's name? Uh, Pet. Paul, 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 Paul Pitt. Paul Pitt. Pitt. Paul Pitt. I'll tell you about Ariana Grande's dorsal nerve. Oh, that looks like a good one under there. Under all that there. If you're... If this doesn't this sound nice, like, I mean, it's nice, but this sounds like it was recorded by a guy on fentanyl. I mean, but also, I always feel bad when it, when stuff comes out posthumously because you know they probably didn't want to release this because yeah. you know they it would have already been released. Yeah, it would have already been released. So they're like, ah, oh, come on, man, that's not what I wanted. The out estate's there. like, we gotta make some money. We gotta yeah. pay these taxes. But it sounds fine to me. Yeah. Sad story. It's sad that that, uh, that, that happened. I saw that uh, they're actually doing, uh, I believe it's free. You have to sign up online, but they're doing uh, pre-listening for the album all over the world. It's going to be phone free. Sign up and go hear the whole new album. Early. Oh, where would, I, where would I not want to do that? I would never. Some of you go Surrounded by a bunch of sad oh, 19-year-olds. God, I would never. That's no thanks. Well, let's let's stick with the uh, let's stick with the sad notes, and uh, I found a bunch more because we were kind of running out of um, running out of like seventy songs, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Because that's where we started this. This started as a thing where the the the, the premise being. It, the, the songs now seem much happier and and lighter, and wh- life should be more happier and lighter because of that. Yeah, but you know, me, I grew up in a different era where there were songs that were like like really sad if you really sat and listened to them. So now we're gonna do one uh, that was a song, a big hit in the seventies. It's by a band called Bread. Yeah, they had a lot of hits in the seventies, and the song uh, written by uh, David Gates from Bread, and the song is called A Diary, and. Uh, it's about as sad as you can get. So for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to play these 10 saddest songs of the 1970s. I love this. This is my well, cup of tea. You want to hear the lyrics? I found a diary underneath the tree. Oh, you hear what he's saying? I found a diary underneath the tree. And started reading so, about me. Started reading about me. Found her diary. He just opened it right up. The what a prick. She yeah. written took me by surprise. You hear what he's saying? You'd never read them in her eyes. Ooh, what was that? Well, he just was got that a boner. A harp? Yeah, I think he just got a boner. What was that boing noise? It sounded like he got a reaction in his. What is that noise? That's the worst instrument ever. She wouldn't show Basically, he picked up her diary, and uh, her whole diary talks about how she loves some other guy. And this guy plays a boner noise throughout. Cuckolding a little bit. Yeah, maybe he's into that. It's like, oh, look, there it goes again. Wow. 
Now this was now, now bear in mind I try to say I know I say this all the time, but these were hits. So this is number one on the charts. You would drive to work or listen in the morning to get ready for work, and these are the songs you were playing on the radio. We did, what chance did we have? When you're pulling into the DMV. Yeah, in the I know morning. what chance did we have of have any happiness when these were our hits. He found her diary under a tree. What's this bitch doing leaving it on the yard? She obviously not, doesn't care about it. She wanted him to see it. Yeah, you're boing, boing. <laughs> I found a diary underneath the tree. Here it is. Here's he's wrapping it up now. This is And started reading about me. The words began to stick and tears to flow. I wish this bitch would get on that spaceship with this Japanese guy. I thought she loved me, but I found her diary by a tree in the woods. I don't know how that happened. Go with this Japanese guy. See how you like that. Up in space, when your poo-poo flies around, doesn't go in a bowl, you don't know that, you see? Write that in your diary, bitch. Leave that by the tree. Your poo-poo's gonna fly around with this Japanese guy. She knows gravity. I thought I took care of you. I thought I took care of your dorsal nerve, but obviously I didn't. I see it in your diary. Left it by a tree. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Cover to Cover. Please continue to do so. I will see you in Des Moines, Iowa. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.